Sarah is coming today, and we are in a new sermon series called Unconditionally, and uh, I happen to have a little bit of a sense of what she's talking about, because i got to look at it, um, and it's really good. So without further ado, would you welcome, from the second row, Sarah Firsty. Well, like he said, my name is Sarah, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my pleasure to speak to you today. You know, I like to start with a little background about myself before I dive in. And that little piece of news that I really want you to know today is that about a year and a half ago, I decided to try to learn Spanish. Until about 18 months ago, the only way I could really communicate when I was on vacation in Mexico was through ordering my own meal, tacos de pollo. Con salsa picante, pero sin cebolla, por favor. And about 10% of the time, I would get chicken tacos with hot sauce and no onion. The rest of the time, it was a mishmash of whatever they thought I said. It was quite interesting. (laughs) And I loved our trips to Mexico, and I love traveling. But in almost all of my traveling experiences, I am a spectator. I'm passive. I rely on other people to speak my language, or if we're in a Spanish-speaking country, I rely on John to translate for me. And when I first started traveling, I was so taken up with the sights and the sounds, and in many places, the smells of the new country, that it was okay. But once the newness wore off, I didn't want to be this passive person watching people from a distance. I wanted to have meaningful interactions and connections with people in the country in their language. So recently, John and I have decided to really focus our travels to the country of Spain. And in fact, I have a picture of us. That's Christmas Day in Malaga. This year, this last year, don't we look happy? We were having a good time. And so we chose to focus on Spain because, one, airfare is really cheap to Spain right now, for some of you who don't know. And also, John was a Spanish teacher when we were first married, so he's really enjoying picking his Spanish back up. And because I've decided at the ripe old age of 55, I'm going to learn this language. Yo voy aprendiendo español poco a poco. (laughs) However, (laughs) my process of learning has been slow, frustrating, tiring, and sometimes it feels really unfruitful, like when I try to use it in Spain and no one knows what I'm saying. And I get discouraged. And, you know, I could have asked John to teach me Spanish, but we really value being married. (laughs) So once a week, I have a Skype lesson with a lovely woman from Barcelona named Ines. And we get together for an hour, and she teaches me the dialect, the phrases, the pronunciation, 
And each week, if there was anything I could do to get out of that lesson, I would do it. <laughs> it always feels like the very last thing I want to do. And that's really confusing to me because I really do want to learn Spanish. But it's hard work. I was hoping that by listening to Mexican ranchera music and watching Spanish uh, soap operas on Netflix, it would happen. But that's not the way it works. Speaking a new language is going to require me to step out of my comfort zone, to do something that doesn't come naturally to me, and it's an endeavor I'll be working on for the rest of my life. So I'm going to learn the words, but I'm also going to learn the pronunciation specific to Spain so that when I say something, people know what I'm saying. I've got to learn a language in a way that they can understand it. See, when I speak Spanish in my mind, it's so beautiful. And it makes perfect sense. But when I have to say things, you know, like out loud, that's when it all falls apart and the person just looks at me in a confused way. So I keep practicing so that I can be understood, so that I can enter this world that I really want to be a part of. And I'm talking about this like it's some novel idea. But I know so many of you are here speaking in your second language. Many of you know multiple languages. I am so in awe. I am so envious. And I want to be like you one day. That is my goal. Because knowing more than one language opens up our experiences. It expands our circle of who we can connect with and how deeply we can connect with them. So I'm going to keep up this endeavor. So I'm not just a passive admirer of Spaniards from a distance, but that I can communicate and have relationship. So I'm going to learn the language. So... Charles last week started our new series, Unconditionally, and he kicked us off last week with a great sermon. If you didn't get to hear him because you weren't here last week, listen to it online. It's online, and I highly recommend you doing that. Today, we're going to follow up on some points that he made and continue to take a look at a verse that he referenced last week known as the Great Commandment. So let's look at it right now. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life. <laughs> what is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. you got to love the great commandment. What's not to love about the great commandment? And what is our purpose for loving, do you think? Maybe it's good people or loving people, and we want to be good people. 
It's the right thing to do. Jesus said, it's the greatest, so I better do it. Or we're commanded to, so do we really have a choice? (laughs) But I don't see this verse framed as, you must love. That's not how I read it. I think our capacity to love is inherent. We're designed to love. I see it more as how to love in a way that brings the most life possible to us and to the people around us. God's model of how to love, to love unconditionally. So for me to start loving unconditionally, I need to learn my loved one's unique language and enter their world. It's not satisfying just for me to know I love them. I want them to know I love them and to feel my love. And in order for them to get that, I have to speak their language. Have you ever gone the extra mile in showing someone you love them and having it fall flat? Maybe you did something that you thought was super special and meaningful and it just seemed to go unnoticed. Maybe your roommate has been working long, long hours. They have to work over the weekend. You want to show them your love and your support. So you spend all day Saturday cleaning the apartment. You do their dishes. You clean up their messes. You scrub, you clean, and while you're doing this, you're imagining the look on your roommate's face as they walk through the door, how surprised they'll feel, how glad they'll feel that you did this for them, how cared for, and then they come home, and they walk through the door completely exhausted, and without a word, they go straight to their room, and you don't see them for the rest of the night. No thanks. No, wow, no, I see what you did, nothing. So what happens? Those feelings of love and support you had fly out the window. And now you're thinking, my roommate is a brat. Don't they see how hard I worked for them? They're a complete ingrate. I'm always doing nice things, and they never notice. This is a common scenario. So here's a tip. When we start feeling underappreciated and resentful in our relationships, it can be a sign that we need to adjust the love language we're using. We're telling them we love them. Maybe we're working hard to show them we're loving them, but we're speaking a language they can't understand. And then we get upset and feel hurt when they don't get it. You know, it's interesting when we want to communicate to someone and we don't know their language. Our instinct is to talk loudly and slowly and repeat yourself over and over until they get it, you think. I notice I do this when I'm in Delhi. I'm surrounded by women who speak only Hindi, not a word of English, 
I don't know any Hindi. And I find myself saying, thank you for having me in your home. <laughs> over and over. Louder and louder. And they smile at me like, what is this woman's problem? This is common. I see tourists do it. I do it. At some point, we do this, and I don't really understand it. Could it be that deep, deep down, we really do believe that it's our language that's universal? And if we just keep repeating it, eventually they'll see the light. I wonder. But we know it doesn't work that way, right? So... If we're not intentional in how we love people, by default, we'll speak our own love language. But to grow in our ability to love and to show love without condition, we expand our ability to speak other languages. Loving people on our terms in the way we like to be loved is like loving them, loving them with conditions. I will love you and show you in a way that makes sense to me. And if you don't get it, tough. I tried. But that's different than how God loves us. Charles spoke last week about the incredible, unconditional love of God, that we're God's beloved. Let's take a look at another verse about love in John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Learning to speak the love languages of the people around us is a big part of how to love as Jesus loves us. And thankfully, we're not just encouraged to love this way and then left on our own to figure it out. Because every day, we're surrounded by God's love for us. And when we take it in and acknowledge it, it gives us the fuel we need to love unconditionally the people around us. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. You know, during the week, I meet with people for spiritual direction. And for those of you who don't know what spiritual direction is, it's just a casual conversation where I ask questions to help people identify what God might be doing in their life and then to think about how they may want to respond. And it's really fun. And time and time again, I get to see how God reaches out and shows all kinds of people in all kinds of ways that are meaningful to them how much they're loved by God. People with different native languages, people from different cultures, different ages, different past experiences, different sexual identities, different everything. God seems to delight in showing each person how much they're loved in a unique way that is special to them. God is super fluent in everyone's love language. It's crazy. And then more than that, God speaks to us in our language, shows us how much we're loved in our language, and then doesn't expect we would respond in God talk. 
or Bible passages or God speak or whatever that would look like. God's the one who adapts to us and is so happy to do do so because God wants to connect with us without condition. It's amazing. So let's go back to your roommate. You remember them, the ingrate you're really mad at right now? Maybe a true display of love for you is someone cleaning your apartment without even asking. And maybe a true display of love for your roommate is acknowledging how hard they've worked and handing them a glass of wine as soon as they walk through the door. Some of us who want a bear hug when we're stressed might assume our loved ones want the same when all they want is for you to help them get something done because they feel overwhelmed. We all have different preferences when it comes to how we express love and feel love and cared for. So just like my pursuit of Spanish requires study, effort, and practice, discovering and learning someone's love language is, requires discovery, effort, and practice. It's a process of learning their inner world, knowing what their needs are, their values, their preferences, their experiences, what their hopes and their aspirations are. Loving from a place of knowing and understanding and then responding to who the person is, is loving in a way that brings life to the lover and the lovey. How well do you really know the people you're relating to? How well do you know them all the way down? And how current is your information of them? When we understand their inner world and their story, their language starts to make sense. So let's talk about some practical suggestions for how you might want to put this into action. And the first one is to keep asking questions and try to remember the answers. You know, in the Gottman relationship class that I lead a couple times a year, a foundational exercise we do are called love maps. And, and it's an exercise where partners, in this case, ask each, other's, ask each other questions that are designed to really have a better understanding of their internal world, of what makes them tick, of things that really help them feel known. And a lot of it is just asking open-ended questions, which means questions that don't have a yes or no for an answer, but require a story. Questions like, how do you feel about your work right now? What do you find exciting in life right now? What is your biggest worry about the future? What in your life is most stressful right now and why? What did you enjoy when you were a little kid? What's your favorite way to relax? Those are all questions that open the heart, that give us a better knowledge of who our loved one is, how they think, what they need, what they appreciate. And I found that for most people, 
we're not we're not opposed to asking these questions. We want to know the people we love better. I think the big thing is we freak out because we feel like we don't know what questions to ask. And we sit there thinking, I want to ask a question, but I don't know. What, 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 what question should that be? So I wanted to share with you a resource that we use in our Gottman classes that is actually online, and it's free. And it's a Gottman card deck. And you can go to the App Store, and you can get this Gottman card decks all for free. And there's a card deck for love maps, for open-ended questions, all sorts of ways and questions and ways of interacting to really know each other more deeply, to know your loved ones more deeply. And they're very useful. Since they're on your phone, if you're waiting for a table at a restaurant, you can pull it up and ask a question while you're waiting. It's very handy, I think. So let's go. Okay, so ask open quest- ask questions and remember the answers. And then there is a need to refresh. You may ask someone a question and you think you know them and your information is 10 years old, but people change. We grow. Our favorite food 10 years ago is probably not our favorite food now. What we think we know about someone based on old information could be inaccurate. You know, when I was five, my grandma knew my favorite color was pink, sent me everything pink. 35, she's still sending me, I'm not 35 now, but when I was 35, she was still sending me everything pink. And I thought, well, Grandma, this is really sweet, but in a way you're just telling me you, you don't know me. You still think of me as a little girl. It made me a little sad, but it was also sweet because she was a nice lady. <laughs> Another suggestion is to try not to play the I did this for you game. Deep down, there's a fear that we will become a loving doormat that will learn to speak other people's languages and that no one will speak to us in ours. Unconditional love says, I'll speak your language even if you don't speak to me in mine. And perhaps this is what people misunderstand about love languages and it's similar to what we sometimes misunderstand about love itself. And it's that considering the needs and wants of the other person first and then adjusting our own behavior and not expecting it the other way around is what makes the whole thing work. So this leads me, though, to another suggestion. Ask for what you need. If we find ourselves starting to feel grumpy because our loved ones aren't speaking our love language, it's our responsibility to ask for what we need. We're grown-ups. We can do that. So the framework that I give in my classes is I feel about I need. And you fill in the blanks. So I feel really tired after a long day of work. I need to lay down for 15 minutes before dinner. I feel really worried about how my meeting went and I need to talk about it. Do you have a few minutes? I feel so excited the weekend's finally here. I want to go out and celebrate. Do you want to go with me? I feel about what I need. We can't demand 
people to speak our love languages, but we can ask for what we need. So we've talked a lot about some things we can do to move into loving unconditionally. And now I think it would be really wise to bring God into this because it's all God's idea, this idea of loving, this idea of unconditional love. So I'd like to do something with you that I do at the start of all of my spiritual direction sessions. So for just two minutes, I'm going to pretend like you are my directees, okay? And you don't have to do anything other than make yourself comfortable. If you would like, follow along with what I'm suggesting. We're going to be starting with some breathing just to kind of calm ourselves down and kind of take inventory of how we're feeling right now. I suggest when people sit in my office to have both feet on the floor, but you can do whatever you'd like. If you'd like to close your eyes, that might help you focus. Or maybe you want to stare at the ground or the chair in front of you. Whatever makes you comfortable. So we're starting now. Let's just take a couple of big breaths, bigger than you normally take. Big inhales and exhale. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here with us right now, closer than we could even imagine. Help us to calm our heart and our mind and our body so that we can become even more aware of your presence. Big breath in and out. And with our next inhale, Jesus, we breathe in your love. And we breathe out our worries. We breathe in your love. We breathe out our burdens. We breathe in your love. We breathe out our weariness. God, I, I pray that you would help us to soak in this love for us individually, your love that is here with us right now, not because we're sitting in church, but because you go with us wherever we go. Your love surrounds us. Help us to really absorb that right now. And next, bring to mind the face of someone you love. Just hold them there in your mind for a moment. And thank God for their presence in your life. God, I pray that you would help us to learn their language. To, to know them deep down. 
and help us to speak their language so that they would know how much we love them. And God, thank you that this is all possible because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.